has. Walter makes a run ahead of it. Burkamp suddenly changed pace through the centre. It's Burkamp! That's magnificent! The move, and then this, which left Dabby's ass totally stranded. Hello, dear viewer and listener and people doing neither, and welcome to an all-new, kind of new, sort of new, a book account wonderland, where we will... We will tease you with football stuff that we don't really know what we're talking about. And we will get angry about stuff that we probably shouldn't get angry about. But in the end, we're all happy gooners. So with me tonight, it is the birthday boy. It's the, the court cockney. It's Craig. How are you doing, Treacle? Hello, sir. Hello, everyone. All doing well. Thank you very much. Hope you all had a good Christmas. Yes. Uh, see, you're trying to outdo James. I haven't given it away yet, but James is here. Trying to outdo James with the background. And Nick has gone full background. And I've got my tree up for people at home on the bus and taking the dog for a walk. So uh, you're not actually missing any backgrounds. Although Nick's does look very, very intriguing. I've given it away. Nick's here. Nick, how you doing? Not too bad, Danny. How have you? How's your Christmas been? Bloody hell, you sound rough. You all right? You been on the cigars? No, I had the COVID. It finally got me after three and a half years. Nothing to worry about, is it? I've had it. I was yeah, it's just a bad day. cold for a week and a bit. And I I sorry, like to hear. We're taking on Big Pharma and spitting out facts about, about health and, and wellness. Joe Rogan would be proud. So it's nice to have you on again, Nick. It's been a while because you did abandon me. I didn't abandon you. I just didn't reply to any of your messages for three months. That's it. That'll do. Great answer. Also, next to Nick, down the bottom of the screen, it's the Arsenal Wookiee. It's James uh, at LL Cool James 91. Uh, someone says, who's James? I say he's the Arsenal Wookiee. And uh, he's you. as tall and hairy as a Wookiee. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm not bad. Thank you for having me on again. It's a pleasure. Good. Yes. In good company um, as well. I mean, I'm excited. It is, yeah. It's nice to have you all on. Had a little bit of a shake-up ABW. There's a few of the old ABWs are now in the far field. Uh, they're grazing in, in semi-retirement. And we've got a new WhatsApp group, and Craig and James are in the new WhatsApp group. And there's a few of other the ABWs in there. Uh, people who actually want to do podcasts, and people, rather than people who just want to go, nah, not really bothered this week. You know who you are, you scumbags. Um, yes, a, a couple of them aren't on regularly, like John and Ellis, because they got stuff to deal with. But a couple of the others, just wrong ones. Right, uh, not that we really got much to talk about tonight, because nothing really of interest has happened lately. Um, maybe we should talk about the West Ham game, Craig. We were having a little chat about the game before the, before the pod started. I've had to rename this podcast from 2024, the year of the Gooner, to How Many Shots Do We Need, FFS? And uh, that means, for fuck's sake, for people who aren't sure, Craig, what were we talking about before the show started? Because that was podcast gold. We were talking about 69 shots. I think, did we add it up to 69 shots in the last four games? Yeah. With four goals scored, which for a team who is challenging for the title, that is not good enough, obviously. Um, I think, Dan, the problem... the way I saw the game last night, we've become a one-trick pony and we are the easiest team to defend against in the league. Give the ball to Saka, Saka will go down the wing, cutting on his left. Give the ball to Martinelli, Martinelli will go down the wing, cutting on his right. They are the two easiest players to defend against in the division. Um, the striker situation, 
Gabriel Jesus is not going to score goals to win us to to win us the games. Um, sorry, to win us the league, I should say. Two guilt edge chances there that he's missed. Um, you know, two headers that I believe a certain Bournemouth player would have stuck away uh, quite easily um, if he'd have been in our shirt last night, or not even him. So it's a six foot, a six foot two striker. You know what I'm like, Dan. I'm a traditionalist. I want the big striker up front. Um, Odegaard was the best player on the pitch, um, in my opinion. Trossard should never play central midfield ever again. Uh, I don't see why he was playing there when Smith Rowe was on the bench. If he's fit, play him. Uh, Zinchenko, I've lost my patience now with Zinchenko. Um, something's got up. Kiowa can come in there tomorrow um, and, and give a good account of himself, I'm sure. Uh, Zinchenko for me now. Too many mistakes. Too, too many misplaced passes. Doesn't look like he knows what he's doing. Um all around last night, like you say, 30 shots. Well, I think we had nine on target or something like that. You know, credit West Ham. They came, Moyes, Moyes, Moyes knew exactly what to do. He did it. Everyone knows what to do against us now. It's whether it's it, it's whether we can it's whether we can get over the block or not. And last night West Ham done a magnificent job. Um, low block. Kept us out, frustrated us. The goalkeepers, like, can someone name me a goalkeeper that's come to the Emirates and had a bad game? <laughs> there isn't one. There isn't one. Every time the way goalkeeper comes to the Emirates, he turns into Peter Schmeichel. But um, look, credit West Ham. They done. They came to the Emirates, got their win, uh, went home happy. I mean, even Declan Rice was poor last night, wasn't he? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Did the occasion get to him? Playing against his former teammates, you know, and having all his teammates around and the crowd, you know, all the West Ham fans. And I don't know. I just think he, I think the occasion got to him last night. Uh, goalkeeper again looked unsteady to me. All right, he saved the penalty, but a 2 0 down, that doesn't really matter, does it? So look, all in all, I don't understand. I don't understand the big, the big hoo ha about it. We're still two points off the top, only two points off the top. Um, and it's all to play for. I've moved you down to the bottom because the stream yard bit was uh, was when you lean forward. It looks like you've had a weird tattoo done on your head saying stream yard, <laughs> no and uh, <laughs> that's good. Nick, um, where did it all go wrong for you? Because uh, before the game, I was quite excited about the game. I thought, here we go, a little Christmas bonus. Maybe going to smash them two, three, four nil because uh, we, we we put up a half decent game away at Liverpool. And then uh, we'll get this win top of the table. I mean, you, you've got a face like a smacked ass most of the time, Nick, and now you don't look any happier than ever. So uh, where did it all go wrong for you? It's basically they scored first and then they just sit back and wait for us to break them down. And we've gone back to basically peak Wenger ball side to side, up and down the wings, across the middle. And like you said, we noticed that the last, it's not the last few games, just the last few months, the amount of shots we need before we score goals, you know, it's just atrocious, like, you know, our percentage. I mean, our percentage on target is atrocious and the amount we convert is even worse. It's just, I just think it's bad and also kind of hilarious that we've had a terrible defence for probably over a decade and we've been really good going forward and scoring goals. Now we've finally fixed the defence. We've got 
not one, but two decent defensive midfielders, and now we can't score. It's you know, we've got. I mean, I was talking about this with John in the in the WhatsApp group that no one replies to. We were talking about Eddie and not just to bash him, but we were saying, Who have we signed as a striker worse than Eddie in the Emirates era? And all we could come up with was Shamak and Yaya Sonogo. You know, that's you know how bad it is, you know, and just the amount of goals he scored and how long he's actually been at the club around the first team there's so many other better strikers than him that have been shipped out and dropped and sold yet for some reason you know Arteta rates him but you know he's a decent championship striker at best he's he's not a, I mean I don't think anyone would say he's you know a striker that's going to get you 20 to 30 goals to win the premiership neither's Jesus we you know we saw that for what five years at Man City that he never got up over to, I think maybe got over 20 goals once. I think he got the most he got in a league season was 14. Exactly. And I just don't know why we signed him. I don't know why we started to sign a lot of these players, you know, like him, you know, Zinchenko. I know that he was friendly with him when he was at Man City, but I hope Arteta isn't going to be one of these managers, you know, that goes to a new club and then signs the same five or six players for every club he goes to, you know, basically like what, like Allardyce and Moyes and people like that, that have done that over the years. But, but yeah, we just, we need a striker desperately. And whenever you say anything, it's like, Oh, who are you going to buy? It's like, you can't find a single striker in Europe better than Eddie and Gettier. If Arsenal cannot find one striker better than him, then we should just all we should just forfeit the rest of the season, really. And all I keep hearing is Arteta wants more defenders. I was like, you got too many now. Anders just put that in the chat, and apparently we're looking for a midfielder. James got some good points in the chat. Um, BX Gunner says uh, Arteta shuffled the front three. Oh, should have shuffled the front three to get something going. Put Saka on the left, Jesus on the right, and Martinelli up the middle. And then uh, formerly knows, I said, I said to my mate on a text, we won't score a goal tonight. Worse still, he's a Liverpool supporter. I've got one friend who's a Liverpool supporter, Anna, you cheeky monkey. She just sent me a little WhatsApp last night of a little smiley face saying, I suppose that's us still top of the league then, is it? I've, I've had to um, completely ignore her. But the, the, the fact that, James, um, I was looking last night, Eddie, out of 19 Premier League games, Eddie has played in 18 of them, scored in three. And Jesus, out of the, eight, out of the 19, has played in 14, and he's scored in three. So a combined 32 possible games, they've scored in six between them. That's just that's bullshit, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, um, you go from a side that, what was it, 88 goals last season. Broke Wenger's um, record. Yeah, and, and, they, and now they just look completely void of it. Um, and some of that, you know, you can maybe say that last year we completely, I think we took teams, teams were, like Craig said, teams didn't know that we were going to be as good as we were. Um, and we, we even had our own expectations greatly exceeded. But for me now, because that's happened, you have to, the, the momentum for me has to kick on. You have to keep going. And Arteta in his presser after the game, and I can totally understand wanting to defend your players and everything else. He got asked about the striker and they said, you know, or an attacking option per se. And he said, well, I've got to be faithful to the people that got me here. But at the same point, I can understand that. 
but you can't stand still. And I, I don't know how you can watch that yesterday. And I think I think you guys said 69. I believe that – I think it was put up earlier on Twitter. I think it was 80, 81 or 82 shots the last three games in the league and only one well, goal. Craig said it was 80, and I went and counted who scored.com, and they said 69. Right. So we gathered it was somewhere between the two. Yeah, I think, it, I think it was either 81 or 82 is what I saw from Squawker earlier in the day. But that one goal, is that, that, that's, that's atrocious. And that's stuff that I can't even really... You, you can blame Arteta for the personnel, but once they get over the line, it's on them. And I, I agree with what uh, I think it was formerly Noza said, um, where he put we, I, he knew we weren't going to score tonight. As soon as Saka hit the post in the first half when he had that chance, I thought that's it. Uh, and 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 that that was even before, you know, we come out for half time and everything else. And yeah, it's just a really really sorry state of affairs. I mean, you look at the lineup on paper before the game, and you think, okay, Trossard in the left eight. Let's see what he can do. He had a bad game at Anfield. Let's see what his reaction is. And I'll tell you what, it was one of the worst midfield performances I've seen since we had Mikatarian playing in there. <laughs> I, 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 I thought he was terrible last night, Trossard. I really did. And he's a guy I like a lot. When he came in last season. He did a massive, massive job for us when we needed him to. But I believe that he's not someone that... I think he's a finisher. I don't believe he's a starter. I think coming off the bench, he's so much better than he is starting games. And I do agree with what Craig said about Smith-Rowe. I would have loved to have seen Smith-Rowe start that yesterday. I thought Havertz is banned. He's fit. You know, a couple of seasons ago, it was what? Boxing Day when we played Chelsea. Played all the young kids and they saved Arteta's bacon. I'm like, you, you need a response after Anfield. Put the kid, put Smith Rowe in there. All right, he's not really, you know, he's older than a kid now. But chuck him in there, see what he can do. And in that ten to ten or so minutes that he come on, he was better than Martinelli and, and Trossard were for the whole game. He needed need scored with that header. It was he was very unlucky that the ball was flashed so past him. But it's just the lack of it, it's the lack of finishing, Danny. But it's the lack of the intent. There was, I think, three. Three chances. Sinchenko put a lovely ball across in the first half. Again, like at Anfield, there's no intent there from any of them to be on that. And then second half, Ben White laid two lovely fizz, two lovely balls in. No one there. No one there. And again, as much as I think Jesus was a great signing for us, and I like him, I like all of his endeavour, I like his strength, I like his footwork. But there's times where he's in Odegaard's space. He's playing like a 10 or he's dropping as deep as he can into an eight to release people through. And you need, you, you, like you said, Craig, you're an old school, but your striker's got to be in the box. Got to be in the box. I, I don't want my striker being a 10 or an eight. I, I want him being in the box. Especially and, when everyone only plays one striker anyway. Exactly. What you mean? I was watching him. He's running around and, in the number 10 area mm. and he's looking up. Oh, who's in the, who's, who's, who's in the box? You should yeah. be in the box, man. Yeah. I don't yeah. know what you're doing there. Yeah, I mean, I got a bit nerdy, like with who scored and had a look at. I, I look at the heat map for him most of the time, and all of the red area for him is literally, like you said, it's either in the it's either in the wide left space or it's in the ten space, and it's it's just. I mean, he had 62 touches on the ball yesterday, Jesus. I don't know how many of them are in the box, but yeah, I mean, the two headers as well. He's got to score them. I mean, if it's Eddie, he's he's in the Hague for missing them chances. Yet, yeah, you know, Jesus is exempt. It's it's not good enough. It really isn't. 
Like we are missing that. Job. I mean, I never thought I never thought I'd hear myself say this, but we missed that Giroud type player. We're missing that Giroud type. <laughs> I player. never thought I'd say it. We missed Havertz. Yeah. Like, we missed <laughs> yeah. Havertz yesterday. <laughs> Havertz, we did. He was a big miss. He was a big miss. There was no one there. There was no one there like Havertz who'll get the ball and drive forward with it last night. Um, every time we got the ball in the la- in the in the in the last third, it was sideways, sideways, backwards, backwards. Missed Havertz big time there last night with him getting, getting in, get with him getting the ball in that area and driving into the box. Declan Rice as well. I'll go back to Declan Rice. Didn't play very well last night at all. Um, I won't give him too much grief because uh, he's been amazing um, since he's joined yeah. us. But we are missing. If we're going to win the league, we are missing that. I go back to me being a traditionalist. We need that big striker um, that can put a header away, that can that will be in the box. You know me, Dan. I've always, I've always uh, spoken about big, tall, strong pain in the ass attacker. That's what we need. Do you know that that player who's going to be in the box, who's just going to cause havoc in there all night long and and not even score a goal, you know, not even having there to score a goal, but just, just to cause so much, you know, so much pandemonium that the others can come in and score. Last night, sideways, sideways, backwards, backwards, um, or as my wife put it, too much diddly iron on the ball. Um, because you know her being Irish, I thought that was a great, uh, a great description of what we were doing. Too much diddly iron on the ball, and 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 not enough, uh, you know, not enough. Um, it's the word I'm looking for. Penetration. Um, when, yes, Oopsie. when we when we, yes when we had the ball, there was no there was no penetration into the area. <laughs> so, like I said, Saka got the, the job was done on Saka. The job was done on the job was done on Martinelli. Ball's coming back to Odegaard. Uh, you know, very, very low block, hard to get through. Um, I just can't say any more about the game, really. It was it was disappointing. It was a disappointing performance, uh, you know, finishing-wise, this, that and the other. What can you say? Look, we're going to have these nights. We're going to have these nights and we're going to have another night like it where the ball won't go for you. You can't buy a rebound. You can't buy a bounce. That was last night. Anyone in this division can beat anyone. And that's just the bottom line. It's the Premier League. You know, you look at Luton, you know, beating Newcastle, taking us to, you know, to score a last-minute winner. Uh, Liverpool had to get a last-minute winner against them. This is a tough, tough league, and it's not one where you are going to win every game. It's just, it's, it's just not going to happen. We're two points off the top with half the season left to go. I just think we should uh, chill out a little bit. Yeah, it is. Uh, um, you have to take everything into context. And Liverpool, their next game is at home to Newcastle on, on New Year's Day. Our next game is going to be uh, away at Fulham, who are another team that are in a really decent run of form at the moment. That's on uh, New Year's Eve, which is lovely, because I just realised I'm going to be doing stuff with, with the offspring on New Year's Eve. I shall be in Lidl when that game kicks off. Stuffed in my bag full of custard. Um, Nick, looking at the... Um, comparing this season to last season we're at the halfway point and it, that doesn't as we all know that doesn't mean we've played the same 19 games now as we had at the halfway point last season because uh, that would be statistically impossible but this time last season we'd lost one game drawn two and we'd won the rest so we'd won 16 now we've won 12 drawn four and lost three uh, 
do you have hope for the second half of the season? Are things going to start clicking? Because we've gone from a team that has gone, oh, we're, we're one nil up, we're two nil up, nah, that'll do. Oh, it's 2-1, and then we're breathing out of our backsides for the last five minutes. We've gone from that to going, hold on, we've had 120 shots on goal in the last five minutes. None of them have gone in. They've had two quick breaks. They've had Last night, they had actual, an actual stat, 25% possession. And then that when we've got no chance against them, so we seem to be going downhill. Are we are we going to be able to turn it around against the likes of Fulham, or should we be in for another thrashing? Well, you'd like to think so. It's just it's just annoying because everyone could see it coming. This wasn't like we've been smashing teams four or five nil, and last night was just one of those one-off games. The amount, like I said, our shots conversion, the amount of goals we've been getting has been drying up for what a month, six weeks. And it's just kind of annoying that Arteta didn't look at that. And, you know, he's got all these stats and 115 people sitting there on the bench with him. Maybe one of them could have said, maybe we should change this up because we're getting found out. People, you know, we're playing pretty much the same start on 11, the same, I wouldn't say one trick pony, but everyone's sort of been worked out and no one's getting worried. You know, he's got all... Arteta's got all his players that he's either signed or given contract extensions to. And I was a bit annoyed yesterday that he brought on Nelson. It was like, has he done anything or scored a goal or even played since he scored that last minute goal? What? Against Bournemouth last year? Probably not, which is not all his fault. But he's got to change this up. He's got to rotate the front three, you know, put in a Nelson, start him, put in a Smith Rowe, start him. And then you've got people like Martinelli or whoever to come on. You know, when everyone else has played 50, 60 minutes, he come on, fresh legs. Everyone else is a bit tired. Then, you know, like I said, the same with Trossard. He's so, so much better a player coming on as a sub than he does start. You know, we've got good players to come on, whereas the last month, I look at the bench, I was like, we need a goal. You're looking at the bench, you're like... I can't see any. I can't see anyone that's going to come on and score. It's like everyone we bring on would probably make the team worse. Do you see what I mean? And if he's not going to buy a striker, he's got to try and do it. That's just, it just does annoy me with Arteta. I don't know if that's a little bit of arrogance. I know he's got to be confident to be a manager at a big club, but he should, you know, he should have people around him that hopefully aren't yes men that have had more experience in the game and just telling him, we need to change this now. And hopefully that the next game, we see a Smith-Rowe start instead of Martinelli. You know, is he I, mean, do I don't that, want though? Eddie to start up front, but who else can we stubborn. start instead of Hazers? There's no one else there. So he knows, unless he's injured, he's going to pretty much start every game, isn't he? And that's just not a good place to be. Mm. Like, I, like, I completely agree. Um, or what has just been said there? Like when I'm 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 watching the game here last night. You know we need a goal, and you look over and oh Arsenal make the substitution. Eddie Nketiah and Reese Nelson, and you sit back in a chair and go, "Is this who we've got? Is this all we've got?" And we're trying well, to. Say, Craig, if those started, and we had someone like a Trossard or a Martinelli to bring on. You could see they have scored for us over the last year, whereas the other two haven't, have they? But, but you know, is it? You know, would would everyone go mad if he started Nelson and 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 Nketiah? Probably, uh, yeah. especially on Twitter. <laughs> they go, "What are you doing, you moron?" I get what you're saying. I do get what you're saying, and I completely agree with what you're saying. But we haven't got yeah. those players 
right. to start the game in in the first place. You you know, example, Arsenal's bench, Manchester City's bench. And people wonder why they're in the league. Mm. You know, it's they've got they've got someone on the bench in every single position that's better or, or equal. Or equal. Yeah. I'm looking at the game last night and you're bringing on Reese Nelson and Eddie and Katia to get your goal. I mean, that can't happen if you're looking to win the league. And going back to what you're saying about changing it up, this is just my opinion on it. I don't think Arteta has got a plan B because it's very evident against Liverpool and it was very evident last night. There was no plan B. It was just keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. I think he finally changed it, did he, when he brought on the lads? I think he went 3-5-2. I thought, yeah, that was a 2-0 down then, so yeah. what's the point? Yeah, exactly. Too late. You know, 1-0 down is when you change it. Um, I don't I mean, know. Craig, you've watched football long, long bit. After about 25, 30 minutes, I think everyone who's watched thought, this isn't working. How yeah. we're playing. We are not going to score. How we're playing. Yet he waited till what, the 70 something minute when we went 2 yeah. 0 down yeah. to even change it up. And you think, well, I don't really care if we go long ball merchants. Liverpool won the league being long ball merchants. Mm. I don't yeah. care. You got to play. If you just only play one way, you're going to get found out, and he's and yeah. he's he's getting found out. Yeah, it's, it's worrying. It does worry me because of the the lack of. Last night was the first night, and you know if you've ever watched the same old Arsenal, or there's people on here that are in the chat watch me on same old Arsenal. I've been a massive staunch Arteta supporter, but last night was the first time I actually sat back and went, oh, okay, it's. You know, is this it? Is he just a one-trick pony? Is he going to change it up? Is he going to sign someone? Probably, no. We probably know we're all getting excited that he might sign the striker in January. He's not going to sign one. We all, I'm kind of resigned to the fact. Craig, I'll bring up an old bit, but can you remember, obviously, it's back in the day, you know, under Peaks or Alex Ferguson, where every so often, he just completely changed someone out, yeah. even though everything's going well, and they're yeah. walking it. He'd completely change that, and they'd win, like, the treble, and then he completely just rips up the backroom staff. He yeah. just keeps f- refreshing it, keeping everyone on their toes. And like I said, with Trossard, started off January last year like a house on fire. He's just got complacent a bit, a bit now. He's just got a little bit too comfortable. And that just seems like I said. But, uh, I think I, I, I think that's the manager's fault. It goes back to you know, it goes back to the days of when Giroud knew that he was playing every week. And that he didn't have any challenge, so he didn't really have to, you know, be too asked about what he was doing, uh, whether he was going to score goals or not. But that's that's the manager's fault, in my in, in my opinion. Um, that that's a, you know, that's a staff issue. He hasn't got the staff to keep it fresh. To keep got the numbers. I mean, you go back, you go back to those Sir Alex Ferguson squads again. They had someone that would come on the bench, come off the bench, and change game in an instant. Look at uh, Solskjaer, for example. In trouble, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll put on the Norwegian. He'll go, I want to get you two goals. Like, we haven't got that player. We haven't got that player that was going to come on the pitch last night, grab it around the scruff of the neck, get everyone going and get us back in the game. That's my worry. That is my biggest worry about him at the moment is that we have no one on that bench that can come on the pitch and change the game. Then you yeah, flip reverse anyone it. in the reserves? What you were saying? Under-21s? Is there anyone there at all? Because we don't do a lot of the... Like what well, does he used to do with the kids? I don't know if there's anyone in there. If there is, he obviously doesn't fancy him. 
um, because otherwise, surely they'd be there. And I think there's a, there's a couple on the bench, isn't there? Uh, that people keep saying that they want to see um, in Champions League games. Menwari. Menwari, yeah. He's, I think he's only 16, 17, one of those numbers. Yeah. And we he got another lad scored five goals in a game. Yeah, he's, yeah, that's right. Yeah, He scored 10, didn't he? Or something in one game. Or something stupid like that. Did I read? Mm, no, I don't think 10. Oh, I must have read it wrong. I, I, I was dreaming. It, 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 it must have it's, like you, it's, like, it's like you said. It's, it's, it's plan A. And then if plan A doesn't work, it's plan A again, but we're just with different personnel. That's, that's, that's the biggest problem. Is that there's nothing that there, there is no there's no difference to it and and again it's like I said earlier you, you, I, can, I can only blame Arteta for so much because once they get past that white line it's on them but there was times yesterday and I, I don't want to try and be you know really boring cliches and everything else like that but it, it was pissing it down take a shot from range see if it, it you know it might bobble it might slide about you just, their their first goal come from just one ball just straight across the box you know that build up to where Bowen got it and then played it back in was just purely of a guy going I'm just going to hit this in an area and see where this ball goes but we didn't want to do that it was like you it was like you were saying yeah I thought Odegaard last night was the best of a bad bunch but he didn't have an okay he created five big chances but he didn't really have an amazing game there were times where he was just trying to thread it through you know he was like trying to thread a ball through a needle it was it was ridiculous I mean, it, that's that's that, this is the problem is that we, we've got we had five days to prepare for that yesterday and that was the response that we got on five days prep we've now got three days for this against Fulham <laughs> where you really want to see a massive reaction and um, I, I, I hope we get it I don't know if it's I, I don't think the personnel changes that much I think the only change will be that it'll be Havertz in for uh, where Trossard played yesterday but I think everyone else stays the same as much as I want to see Kivior more than Sinchenko now, because like you, Craig, I'm starting to find Sinchenko a massive liability. What he offers that's apparently good isn't worth what he offers as a defender. Uh, if, if he's going to play defence, I don't care if he's got the best technical quality at the club or he's got this ball controller. You know, if you're out of position and you're getting exposed and the ball flies over your head every time and teams are targeting that, teams are looking at him now, like you said about double up on Saka, double up on Martinelli, they can't do anything. They're also going hit it long over Zinchenko because he can't win his headers. And then once you get past him, it will drag Gabriel out because he'll cover that left-back space for him. So they've got two over there. And as much as Saliba is a generational talent and brilliant, he can't do three men's job. Mm. No matter how good you are, you can't, you know, you can't, you can't do three men's job. And um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's a sorry state of affairs. And in terms of turning it round and getting personnel in, Arteta now has to sell somebody that I don't think he wants to. I think he really likes Eddie for whatever reason, and he really likes Nelson for whatever reason. But they're two sellable assets. The other one who I really hope we don't sell is Smith Rowe. The one who I oh. wouldn't mind. The one who I wouldn't mind going, and the one who you'll probably get good money for, is because people are desperate. Is Aaron Ramsdale? But again, that will kick up. That that will annoy people as well. But he really, he, for me, the most sellable asset we have at the club is Ramsdale, and he'll want to go, and you potentially could get good money for him. But again, it's how much of that are the club then going to allow him to reinvest? Will they give him the full amount of that transfer to get someone back? I don't think they will. Who are you going to get for forty million? Yeah, you got you got to pluck someone out there. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I I've seen the I've seen the way that Solanke's been spoke about. Uh, I would take him, Craig. Oh, I would too. I've, I, I, like I said last night, I can get it. A fellow was having a go at me last night on Twitter. Um, 
Solanke's only scored 12 goals. So my reply was, well, that's more than Martinelli, Saka and Gabriel Jesus combined. And I can guarantee you one thing, he puts those two headers away last night. Tell you what, that's a, that would be a shrewd... I tell you, I could see someone like Fergie doing that in peak Fergie era, picking someone like that out of the Premiership. And I'd say, why are you buying him? And then you watch him, you're like, ah, get it. Knows where yep. the goal is, workhorse, yep. things like that. Because people are talking about Ivan Tony, Ivan Tony. But they're talking they want 80, 100 million for him. And he's not played for, what, eight, nine months? Zelenkov so to me is 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 is, is like, back in like back in the day the young players in the Premier League who were playing for the you know no disrespect to Bournemouth but playing for the lesser club the big clubs came in and nipped, nipped them straight straight, out, straight away with Rooney I'm not comparing Rooney to Solanke in any way but Rooney had a handful of games with Everton Bond Man United taking him goes on to be a, a Manchester United, Manchester United legend all right. The kid was gifted. But is he worth the risk? I think he is worth the risk because of what I've seen of him, just like you said there, Nick, big, strong, tall lad, no Premiership ready. Premiership ready, still young. I think Martinelli and Saka, Odegaard, that that service, he will score goals for us. I, I really, really believe it. And, I know there's this thing of the. I think the Arsenal fan base can be a little bit, uh, a little bit spoiled um, when you talk about players coming to the club. Oh, I don't want him to play for Bournemouth. He's not going to be good enough. I want someone from South America who costs. Yeah, yeah but we've we've, we've, done, we've done that, Craig. We yeah, bought the you know, we bought the sexy Brazilian player, and everyone says yeah, it's not good enough. So, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So I let's, think it's time. Go, let's go with traditional then. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm a big traditionist since I've been watching the game and watching football a long, long time. Four, four, two, two big, little and large up front, two wingers, two central midfielders. That's how I set up. That's how I, you know, that's that's how I coach here. Um, that, that, that's what I do. Um, that's what I'd like to see on the pitch. Solanke, perhaps Solanke and Jesus up front together might be, you know, could could be uh, could be a nice partnership. Well, I don't like all these new for I, I don't like all this new formation. So, like last night, this ticker tacker pass it this that and the other. We need to just go back to tradition. You know, get the ball down the wing into the box, big striker, bang one nil. There you go. Let's go. That's what I've got to say on the Solanke situation. I think if we missed out on him for forty, fifty million pounds, if, if we could get him for forty to fifty million pounds, I think that would be a great, a great deal. I heard a rumour, that's probably paper talk and probably what we want. I've heard that they'd uh, um, we'd get Tony for money plus Enketia, which I think a lot of people, I mean, I'd get both of them if we could. And I'd go buy a 21-year-old from Europe, just someone who's six foot four, a unit that no one's heard of. I mean, I said it before, we're buying these players. I wanted to buy the Haaland who went to Dortmund. That's yeah. what I want to buy now. Don't wait and wait. And I know you get a lot of people on the football manager and they reckon they've known everyone since they were 12 and stuff like that. There's, but I mean, I'd never heard of Haaland before we went to Dortmund. I never heard of Giroud before we bought him. You know, there's a lot of these players. They are out there. you just got to get in there, say to her, we want him. How much? Don't put, you know, and because Arsenal have known to have been a bit penny pinchy over the last few years, we've got to get rid of that. If they say they want 25 million, so right, done. But honestly, he is here the first of January, or you know, whenever that opens, just get it done. Because like I said, would you rather have 
for the rest of the season, Jesus and Enkete up front, or Jesus, Ivan Tony, and Solanke. <laughs> I mean, that's dangerous, isn't it? Here's the question. Here's the question. Sorry to interrupt, Nick, but here's the question on that, right? Is Solanke better than Eddie Enkete? Yes. Yeah, well, exactly. That's what I said. Exactly. Exactly. Someone... Yes. But there's so many, like I said... I think I, I don't want to bash Eddie. I think he's a good bloke. I think he's. Not, I just don't. I don't look what you said before. A lot of these players, they're built for big man, little man up front, a two up front, and they're being played in a position where they have to be on their own up front, and only got two players, one on each shoulder, and especially when we go one nil down, you know, he's playing with his back to goal. I mean, not no. Ian Wright wouldn't thrive in a, in a side like this, how we play and how the Premiership has gone with yeah. one player. He always had someone with him, a player with him, you know, to actually work on. If he, He's not going to do it. He's not that type of player. Even Giroud, a big bloke like him, he could just about manage, you know, to hold off one or two players because he was like, Eddie, what's he going to do? What's he going to do with his back to go with three players around him? All he's going to do is pass it out to the wing and that's all he can do. But... But yeah, I'd def- I'm, you know I'd go for it. But they just got to show it because we're only two points off. The same I said this last year, and I said I wanted a striker, and we didn't get one. You know, oh Jesus is coming back. Well, he hasn't he hasn't been prolific at City for like four or five years, and he wasn't prolific in the you know the long run. Eddie, oh he's scored two goals against a rubbish side and another goal against him. I was like, yeah, but he's missed about thirty sitters. You know, and we, you know, we didn't win the league. Um, yeah, why? Because we couldn't score enough goals. You know, we were, you know, and that's the same this season. And I mean, this, I think we're, this league is still there to be won. I think you'll win it on less points than Man City did last year because everyone's beaten everyone. But yeah, I would go. I would definitely go all. I'd get. I mean, you said one striker. I'd get two. I'd get two for now and possibly another kid for the future. I mean, if you if you can't get if if you're not going to buy one now because you're looking at in the summer you're going to spend Declan Rice level money on the equivalent of maybe an Ossiman or um, another another striker of that of that level, or you're looking at potentially going to Brighton and going, okay, Ferguson, it's a gamble, but we're going to go for it. I believe Ferguson's the real deal. I wouldn't complain if next summer we did splash big money on Ferguson. I think, I think he's, I think he's ready to take that next chance. And like you said about service, but if you're not going to do that and you've only, you've got a limited amount of money to spend wolves still financially aren't in a very good place. So if you're not going to buy a striker, Go and get Pedro Neto. You can move Martinelli to, to the middle, which all of us believe will probably be his future. That's where he's going to end up being, is Martinelli down the middle. And then you can put him on the left, Saka on the right, or you can put Saka back on the left and play Pedro Neto on the right. And Pedro Neto hasn't played for nearly, what is it, five or six weeks, but he's still the top assist maker in this league. And he's doing that for Wolves. So if he can create like that for Wolves, imagine what he could do for us at ours. I think if you're not going to sign a centre-forward, then definitely go and get Pedro Neto potentially as a winger and move Martinelli down the middle. Or you can carry, you know, even as much as I I don't think Jesus is potentially the answer, I think if you had Neto feeding him the ball, maybe just maybe you'd get onto it a bit more. I think Neto would be that much of a difference maker. You've got to get someone that's going to move the needle. And for me, that's either Neto or or a Solanke. I mean, Ivan Tony, I don't see it. I, I look at him and I think... You're not the kind of guy that Arteta would want. In the, he's very much about this group and how the, the attitude. 
I think he's too much of a big time Charlie for Arteta. I don't Touch think the Obama Youngs about him. That's what I was just about to say. Yeah. I think I think personality wise, they might get on short term, but in the long term, we're going to have the same as what happened with Aubameyang. So it's like, do you do you go okay? If it wins me a league, I'll take it and have all the problems later on. The way I'm thinking, yeah, I probably would. <laughs> just I'd take if it won us a league, I'd do it. For even if it was, well, if it's going to cause us more, if it's going to give us headaches and problems later on, if it's won us a league now. I'd still do it, but yeah, I, I don't think he's an Arsenal player, Tony. I don't, well, an Arteta player per se. I can see him fitting in at Arsenal, but I don't see him being an Arteta player at all. Mm. Some good points made in the chat here. Um, Neil Gunnison says, This is like bringing back the bad years of Wenger as it feels the same. Arteta says we are 10 times better. However, yesterday's result was evidence to the contrary. The same old stubbornness, hashtag change. And he followed that up. He's got another two good messages. Everyone's put good messages in there, but these are long ones. Neil then says, We weren't playing pretty under George Graham, which is true. One nil at the Arsenal. Uh, but we but we got the job done. And I'd rather sacrifice all of the champagne, champagne, champagne. Oh, I can't even say champagne anymore. Uh, all the champ fizzy, fizzy pop football and get stuck in and get the results we need. And then he Agreed. put another, I think there was another one that he put. I oh, know there wasn't. No, there wasn't. Um, something I've noticed, Craig, when we try and do the counter attack, when you're playing FIFA, you get the ball, you do a counter attack, you're off like you're like a, 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 a what's it when you, uh, like a stab rat. That's it. That's I was thinking. Stab dogs. You don't stab dogs. That's illegal nowadays. You're off like a stab rat. And so you can. We can all see it in our heads. You've either got Saka or Martinelli running down the wing, or or Odegaard, and they get near the ed- the their their box, and they start to slow down. Then all their defenders catch up, and then Odegaard's got to go. Hold on. There's now six players in the box. I've got to get past. So I'm going to run from the right hand side of the box all the way along the front of the box to the left hand side. Go. Oh all the way along the box again to the right-hand side and go, there's nobody there. That's because they just keep doing it. Every single time we get the ball, we're not doing and and going and running at goal. It's almost like Arteta said, when you get up there, wait for your mates to catch you up. No, you've you've got past everybody. You're out on your own. And it's just just, just infuriating. It goes back to what I said, there's no target. There's no target reminds there. me of Manny. You know when you watch rugby when they can only pass backwards and they're running forwards but pass back. It kind of reminds me of watching what that. Like, that? It's, do you know I mean when you play rugby? You don't watch rugby? No. no. Never watched a game in my Never life. Never heard of it. Oh dear. <laughs> help me, James. Help me. No, there's, there's only there's only there's only three sports for me, and that's football, fighting, and uh wrestling. So yeah, you know. Don't you know boxing or down the pub on a Saturday night? All of it. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> Craig, any form of pugilism, I will watch. Nick, so can you put that into the, the yeah. uh, sentence that includes Randy Savage and Hulk Hogan, and then yeah, start just about, it again. yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah, yeah. Wrestling, any form of wrestling, I watch as well. <laughs> I know Nick likes wrestling. Yeah, I mind a bit of wrestling from time to time. Well, what we've got to understand is that these teams we're playing against have been coached to stop us as well. Do you know? Like this is a professional football. This is a professional game. Those West Ham defenders and David Moyes and the defensive coaches would have spent how long, however it was, watching videos on how we break, where the ball goes, what channels it goes into, what half space it goes into, what we do with it in the final third. West Ham done a job on us last night. There's no getting yeah. away. From, there's no and getting I, away from it. And I tell you what, as well, Craig, if Arsenal won a game with their fourth and fifth choice centre-back. We don't even know who our fifth choice centre-back is. But yeah. if we won a game with our fourth and fifth choice centre-back, our number 10 getting injured 10 minutes into the game, and we had no recognised centre-forward, we'd be vinegar-stroking into Kleenex for about three months on that. Absolutely. But another <laughs> yeah. thing, do you know another thing that worries me about this Fulham game? 
is that there's no pressure on Fulham at all. No. The older pressure is going to be on us, and they spanked West Ham five nil. Yeah. So Leno's going to turn into Neuer and have his, you know, exactly, for season yeah, performance exactly. again. Um, so I'm worried about the Fulham game, and the Ful- Fulham rubbing the Fulham will be rubbing their hands together. And pressure, they've got huge quick pressure to get the win. They've got quick players there. They've got Iwobi there, yeah. Willian is there, and uh, old Vasadine legs from Wolves. What was his name? Traore. Um, good luck yeah. good luck catching them ones because uh, they're all I mean William may not be as quick as he used to be he's going to run straight through Zinchenko and kill him isn't he no well he has to like, like, like James was saying at the beginning of the show Zinchenko needs to be dropped and Kiora needs to come in and play at that left back position yeah he's, because, he's, ju- he's juicy Kiora isn't he yeah, he is. He's quite fruity. <laughs> if, if for no other reason that when we are attacking down, like we saw last night when they score with, um, we'll talk about the um, the, the 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 goal that shouldn't have been or should have been or whatever. But you look at that goal. That the problem with that was Ben White was halfway up the pitch. Saliba had come back to right back to cover, and then we didn't have enough players there because God knows. I mean, Zinchenko was like I said earlier before the pod start, started. He, when he runs, he looks like a man running through Tesco's with three big heavy bags of shopping. He's just about to fall over and he's completely unbalanced. If we're going to play that formation where you can have your your um, Ben White continuously going up the right wing or doing it the same on the left. We need three centre-backs that are going to come in and cover. So when Ben went wandering last night, and he does, he's been out terribly out of form, but when he did that last night, we had two centre-backs covering all of their players making a break. And when you've got one of the slowest players ever to play Premier League football, as in Suchek, who's, who's, that's his ninth goal of the season? Bloody hell. It's ridiculous. But um, should we talk about who wants to cover the goal? The, um, the was it in, was it out? Because personally, I won't bother talking about this much. But I've said before the show that if you're a team and you re- you have to rely on that goal wasn't a goal, it went out. If you have to rely on that, then you're in trouble. So, one, if you start talking about that while well, I um, move my feet, it's, it's it, no one. There was no conclusive angle, right, for us to have a look at it. You can say it was out, and people can say it was in. Was the whole, you know, this, you got people talking about the dimension of spheres and the science behind the ball being over the line and this, that and the other, right? At the end of the day, we couldn't see it. We can't make a call on it, right? So if we can't see it, then I don't think VAR can see it. The other thing is, Mems brought up a great point on Twitter today. Wonderful, if you're wonderful watching, Mems. If you're watching Wimbledon and one of those balls goes that much over the line, there's an alarm goes off that it was out. Hawkeye, Why, right? Then the other, that is a very good point, something I think they might have to look at. And then the other very good point that I saw on Twitter today was we can't get an overhead view of the ball, but we can get an overhead view of the West Ham <laughs> player lying on his back injured. I saw that tweet. Oh, you can get bollocks like, like this rather than looking yeah. at the ball. <laughs> I mean, like, where, where, do, where do we go with this? Like, right. Basically, Craig, did you sit? Did you watch at halftime when they had Clattenburg talking about uh, oh, which crazy. another twatty ref? I didn't see it, but, but basically yeah. he said, which is which I've, I've said this before. The the English refs and Peter refuse to put a chip in the ball, so we can do that. They just flat out refuse. They've got this, um, which they had at last year's World Cup, that basically does the offside automatically through the chip in the ball. And it's got look. Well, I've said this for about seven, eight years. It's like a G sensor and a chip in the ball. It stops the pitcher 
exactly where it is. So there's no wiggle room if they, you know, if it's that close. And it automatically draw the lines. And they said it's five to ten seconds. But our English ref just flat out refused to have it. Why? That's that's the biggest thing. And that's not yeah. Because, because we didn't we didn't invent we didn't invent it. So <laughs> yeah, if, well, yeah. if, if it wasn't no, it is it's typical. We're English and we're better than everybody at everything, and because we didn't make it, we're not gonna have it. Yeah, and if you question them, you get banned. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I mean they, they, they've got the technology to do them. They've got the technology to do it if the ball's over the line for a goal. <laughs> Surely yeah, it's the that, same technology. That's what yeah. I think it should be the same technology. <laughs> do not? It goes yeah. across the line. There's obviously sensors there somewhere that if that ball goes across the line, a vibration goes on the referee's watch and the goal's given. Yeah. Surely that surely that technology would be easy to roll in along a goal line. Well, that's black and white technology, and it's you know that's that's in or it's out. That's very yeah. you know, that's stuff which you want technology and VAR just to be used for, yes or no, not basically reinterpreting all these decisions which they've been which is exactly what they said they weren't going to do they said that VAR's only going to interfere with a clear and obvious error and everyone has said are they using VAR to re-referee games yes that's what they're doing you know you've got referees looking straight at free kicks penalties saying it's not a foul and then someone on the telly says three minutes later that is a foul well why does his opinion mean more than his opinion do you know what I mean? It's just it's it's it is a shambles and it's just stupid and and it's not what we're saying because like I said, even if they'd have give that goal, they'd have disallowed that goal. We lost two 0 so it's not like we would have got a draw because we're talking about the Newcastle game. If that goal hadn't stood, that would have been a draw. So I get that, but that goal, the Newcastle one, looked more out than this one did. So they're getting closer. It's getting closer, but maybe in another month's time we'll have another one. And it'll be on the line, and they'll and the, and they'll say it's in, or say it's out. But it's just it's just the technology and the VAR and just how the refs are doing stuff. And it's it's not just that that it's just the arrogance of them. And if you dare question their decisions, they're going to fine you and they're going to ban you. It's you know That's even it. Klopp's not you can't get away with it. James, I mean, uh, they, the... they apologised again this morning. I read that before I went to work that they've apologised, and I'm like, "Well, that's that's <laughs> twi- it's twice. It's twice in one year. They've right? got and a direct it's... debit of Interfloor yeah. and Arsenal. At well, that well, if apologies month. were if apologies were points, we'd be what six nine points clear now, wouldn't we? So, James, what do you think about um, Joshua Page has put here? Why can they have cameras inside the, out of the goalposts? Um, looking down the byline, the NFL has cameras um, side beside the pylons on the goal line. For fuck's sake, I'd go even further than that. We, the Premier League's got more money than they know what to do with. First yeah. of all, you have two referees in the middle of the pitch. Then you have four linesmen, and then they can cross over like that when they're running backwards and forwards. Because at one point, I thought I was looking at the game when that the, the the goal the ball went out or didn't go out. If we'd have had a linesman this side. And the linesmen the other side, they both could have looked at it. So I want two referees, I want four linesmen, and I want people at remember in the Champions League games, you used to have the referees at the the, the four, the official, whatever. Oh, the the, 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 the UEFA delegates that That's were classed as referees to get extra yeah, they had the magic wands that they'd press. Yeah, yeah. At, at, but at the end of the pit behind the goal. Have <laughs> yeah. all the all the referees like that, have the like you were saying with the, the, the technology in the ball to see that, that if it goes over the line. And you bring these things in, but then like somebody said earlier earlier on in the 
the chat. I can't remember who it was, but they said you couldn't have that because then there's no way they could be corrupt because uh, there's yeah. too many ways. So I'll tell you what it comes down to, Dan, it's up to Josh's question. Is they're always their get out of jail free card is oh well we can't have it on Sunday league football, so we don't want it in the premiership. I was like, no disrespect, who gives a fuck about Premier League football? Because they're not all diving and cheating, trying to shaft everyone, they're just having a bunch up. But you know, just get it right. That you know, they, they don't say that things like that in other sports. Like I said, NFL, they don't say, Oh, sorry, we couldn't use a video replay in the Super Bowl final because you know, two teenagers playing football in middle school can't have it, so we can't have it. It's just stupid. It all comes down to, like I say, the referees, just arrogance and pretty much corruption. I mean, like I said, you even had, was it, was it Halsey who wrote his book and they blocked it because he was going to spill the beans on basically all the bent refs and what they'd done, and they basically tied him up in court so he couldn't release his book, and he was going to tell everyone with Mike Riley, and it was a tell-all book. And I think they did put one thing in the paper which was like an extract of it and they just blocked the book and he said i don't know if i'll ever be able to get it out because that had cost me millions to release it through fight so you're like well crowdfunding <laughs> <laughs> var needs help. I, I think I, I think var needs help and when i when i say it needs help I, I i think there needs to be some rule changes i i've i'm massively in favor of arsene wenger's offside rule gotta be clear daylight if you change that rule back to clear daylight, VAR becomes easier to use. You know, it, it's it's a quicker it's it's a quicker decision. Right, draw the line. Is he pass? Is he you know? Is there daylight? Yes, there is. He's offside. Done. Ten seconds. Is, is he in line? Draw the line. Oh, no, he's in line. That's a goal. So, for me, I agree with what Nick's what what Nick has said. It's, it, VAR is re refing decisions. When they've happened three minutes, you know, three minutes ago, there was—I think there was a—I think there was a, an instance there during the week, but the game went on for four or five minutes. Yeah, it's the Chelsea game, three yeah. minutes. And they brought it back yeah. for a penalty, and we said, brought, "Yeah, what if they, the other team would have scored before then? Do yeah. they disallow yeah. it? What if someone—the same as they keep letting these offside plays continue when they're miles offside—what happens if someone gets injured? Yeah." Do you see what I mean? They're just, they're just. I just think in the last, pretty much since the start of the Premier League, all the rules have been muddled and amended and put so many subcontexts and extra bullet points that basically no one really knows what the rules anymore. I mean, we can go, you know, obviously that'll get us back to the Liverpool, that handball thing. I think everyone has said, yeah, that's handball. But when, from what they have said, what they've told us it's not, because his hands were by his side and they moved towards his body, not away from his body, an unnatural position. I was like, no, he put his hand on the ball and flicked it yeah, away. That was, we all knew yeah. what handball yeah. was. It was deliberate or non-deliberate, but they've tried to write it in a way that they can do whatever they want. And we've seen handballs where it's hit the back of people's arms from a ricochet from like a yard out and they don't think, well, that's not, and they give that, you get that one, which I think we'd all said, yeah, that's a handball. Because Oka got, not only did he hit it once, he hit it twice with his hand. He stopped it and then he flicked it. And they said, oh, well, his arm moved towards his body. Yeah, because that's where he was flicking the ball away. So they've ruined all the rules that we want a definitive yes or no for technology. And like I said, is the ball in? Is the ball out? Did he get the ball? Did he not? 
they've just made the rules so complicated that it doesn't really matter, does it? I mean, um, as well as as well as that, you've I, I know a lot was said about uh, the two penalty shouts. I think the Saka one, you've got obviously Jesus is pulling Ogbonna's shorts at the same time, so that doesn't help things. But I thought he was very lucky. I, I agreed with Ali McCoy. So I thought he was going to get booked for diving for that. Honestly, I, I think he. I don't think. That. Um, yeah, I don't think any of them were penalties. I think. I think the G. I think the Jesus one was because they, they said, "Oh, oh, it was a no because he released the ball." I'm like, regardless if he's released the ball or not, Suchek's just gone straight through it. Yeah, that was a weird one. I've never heard my that. Argument, my argument would be to that is that Jesus was already in the air when Suchek came in yeah, on Yeah, fair point. Yeah, you got a fair point. So, like, he was, I don't know what he was doing jumping up. Well, I, I, suppose, <laughs> I suppose he might have seen Suchek coming out of the corner of his eye, but... Was he trying to ride the challenge? Yeah. Much, and, so we don't yeah, keep his kind of saw it coming. Made it look a bit... Made it look a bit worse for me. In my opinion, I don't think any of them were penalties. Yeah. I think you're right, Greg. But like I said, but we've seen so many crappy penalties yeah, yeah, that yeah, no yeah. one agree that. with mm. that they get given so we've yeah. given, we've seen stuff get given for less that we've seen stuff get given with no contact at all yeah that's when it I mean? becomes so, frustrating it's just like i said that's that word just consistency you can't have it because the rules are just so convoluted we know like i said we need third party people to go into the referees basically streamline all the rules monitor all the refs have them on a point system to make sure they're following the laws correctly. So when they don't follow the laws correctly, when people say, well, I, I should have told him that he missed that when he pulled his hair, but I didn't want to because he was my mate. <laughs> What's yeah. that? Oh, he's my mate. And I didn't want to upset him. Yeah. I mean, what, what where's that in the rules? It's just stuff like that. And then you've got them on the telly as well, you know, like talk, try to justify it. And when I look at it, they're they're sitting there on all these like you know like Mike Dean and Howard Webb. All I see them is just looking in the camera, laughing at supporters because they know how bad they are and how they're getting away with it, and they're not going to do anything about it until they're forced to. But like I said, every other company in the world have third party adjudications and audits and you know things like that to make sure they're doing what they're doing. Why are referees? Not you know why do referees get away with yeah. that? All, all these YouTubers and people that are on TikTok that fly the drones over all these industrial estates and audit them—they need to go to Stockley Park, don't they? Just send, send send them there, fly the drones over there, see if they'll come out. I start having a row with them, see if we get it fixed. Yeah, I agree. To show that we're not just biased about referee decision when it comes to Arsenal, Dan Lagunis <laughs> in '76, who was glad that uh, that Craig is back, said uh, Stones of yeah. Man City got injured by a yeah, delayed he offside. I mean, yeah, he said he got injured. Does anybody know? Today? I mean, he's out for what three or four months, and he's only just come back from injury, and that's because of this bullshit delayed offside thing. Does anyone have an explanation of why they brought that in, or, or is it an advantage to the game? Because it just seems like another stupid rule. Well, I think it was because they wanted more goals, didn't they? They yeah. said that they wanted they wanted more goals because it's more entertaining, and I'm like, well, yeah, but at what cost? To I mean, the, the players already. If you if you look at the likes of us, Man City, your, your Man United, your Chelsea, you know, the bigger yeah. per se top six, top seven clubs, most of our players are internationals. They've not had a break for eighteen months. The schedule is absolutely ridiculous. That's Kane. one. Kane I'm was not, talking about this, wasn't he? He said it's the yeah. first decent Christmas break he's ever had, and he's yeah, loving I, it. I mean, I'm not I'm not a big fan of the old brat versus Harold Shipman at Liverpool, but <laughs> one thing I will agree with him on is that you know um, that the schedule is the schedule is absolutely ridiculous. It, it, it is insane. 
and yeah, most of the, most of these in eighteen months have not had a break at all. So, yeah. <laughs> the Brat versus Harold Shield. Hey, if you know about Liverpool, if you know, you know. If you know, that's all I'm going to say. Victim, victims FC. Oh, it's never our fault. Yeah, try going to watch an Arsenal game when Liverpool were involved in the 1980s. You see what those fucks did every single time. Never knowingly bought a ticket. Never. Fucks. What is it? What one in four in Eng- one in four in England are asthmatic? Yet they've got 21 out of a 24 man squad as asthmatic. That's okay. It. Uh, mm. Just like mm. the uh, the just, I'm just saying. I'm not David Icke. I'm just putting it out there. Uh, just like the um, uh, who was it? The the bloke who won the Tour de France with the beard and the, the sideburns. Suddenly, oh, I'm asthmatic. Oh, it's all gone away now. Now I've finished cycling. Oh, has it? Has it really? Good luck to you, um, Craig. Is there any other points you wanted to bring up? Because you've uh, you've hosted shows for years, and I'm quite frankly, I've, I'm like a, a can of Pepsi that's been open for two days. I've gone a bit. Not really, mate. I think we've. I mean. We can sit here and talk about it all night, and just like Arsenal, we're not going to score a goal. Um, I, I just have to put it down. You know, I've been watching football for a long time, been involved in football for a long time. You just have to put it down to one of those nights, and and, and that's it. And we move on to Fulham. Like I said before, the, the the overreaction of last night's loss again, you know, in in pure Arsenal fan fashion, was way over the top. Um, we're two points off Liverpool with half the season left to go. Um, we can't grump too much then, can well, we? I, I don't think so. I don't think so. Still, you know, I, you know, I could be um, being a bit of a hypocrite there. What I said earlier, I said that I kind of had my first out over Arteta um, last night and probably against Liverpool. Um, but the man has got us to the top of the Champions League groups. He has us at the top of the division, battling for the title. Yes, okay, he spent £600 million, but that £600 million that he spent needed to be spent to get us to where we are, um, where we find ourselves right now. Whether we get a transfer kitty in January, whether we get a transfer kitty in the summer, you know, the Raya thing worries me. He's only on loan because of financial fair play. So does that mean that we can't buy anyone in January? Um, it, it, becomes giving... a, it becomes a new FFP window in January, but I still think. Oh, that, does it? Yeah, yeah all right. But, okay. but I think I think we're still, you know, I think we've got to sell before to make a purchase that we want to make. Like I said, you you've got to get rid to of sell. A, yeah, yeah, one or two of the big boys that we've mentioned yeah. have got to go. I mean, we... I mean, they're already talking about Cedric going, but yeah, he's not going to move the needle. You know, what are you going to get for Cedric? What kind of player are you going to get with Cedric? Dust, yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> going forward into the Fulham game. Like I said, the, the the pressure is on us. The pressure is on the players. The pressure is on the manager to make sure that he gets it right this time because he can't have another. We can't have another performance like last night. He's got to learn from it, any Craig. He's got to yeah, learn yeah, more yeah. from a loss yeah. than you do a win. Yeah. Like I said, he's got to look at that and say, right, what have we done wrong in that game? The last three or four games. How can we in the next three or four days? you know, in training, work on different formations, a few different tactics, different outlets, whether that's players coming in or, play, you know, players coming in and out. What can we do differently to make sure that doesn't happen again? If we come to the Fulham game, we'll know within the first 15, 20 minutes, if we're doing that same style of play, that same up and down the pitch again, we think, well, he's going to do that. And, and like I said, that's what Wenger, that's what he's learned from Wenger, playing under him for all those years, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. 
He's yeah, learned that, which is good. But you've got a, you've, you're never too clever to admit you need help, and you've got a, you, you made a mistake. On the plus side, though, West Ham don't play football. They play anti-football. But we do well against teams that play football, and Fulham have got an attacking manager, attacking players, and they like to play. You're nodding there, James. They're, they um, Fulham like to play football. And I think we'll do better against a team that likes to play football. I mean, we had 75% possession last night because West Ham didn't want the ball. Well, that, that's, the, that's the biggest sign of disrespect, isn't it? Giving someone the ball because you know they're going to do absolutely nothing with it. And that, that's, what, well, that's what West Ham did. They were like, let Arsenal have as much of it as they like. I mean, uh, like I said, after Saka missed that one where he hit the post in the first half, I spoke to my dad at halftime. And I said to him, you know how this is going to go, Dad. They're going to get one counter-attack and they're going to score or they're going to score from a set piece. And what happened? Mavropanos corner. And there it was. And um, now, for me, I mean, Thierry Henry was there last night for Amazon. You've got Uncle Ian doing podcasts with Clive and everything. Get what, go, to un- go to Uncle Ian or go to Thierry Henry. Look, can you come in for maybe an hour, an hour and a half and do some finishing? All you got to do is just some finishing drills. That's all I'd be pr- – all this week – I'll just be making them do finish, especially that front four, do some finishing drills. Because like you said, we, you had more chance of Oscar Pistorius getting athlete's foot than we had scoring a goal last night. So you just got to get in there and just do some finishing drills, for God's sake. That's all. Uh, yes. That's a... It's cliche, but if you don't take your chances, you don't win games. And so oh, that's, that's, you see, that's what, that's what worries. Like what worries me is we didn't create like, <sighs> It, it, no clear-cut chances. Yeah. yeah. It's like trying to play football when you're playing bowling at the same time. Just bouncing off of everything the whole yeah, time. Yeah. yeah, it's like we need to... When How it was yesterday, we needed to move the ball faster and at pace. And whether it's long ball, it doesn't matter. That's the only way you can counter how West Ham will stop on us playing. And us refusing to do that. Like I said, it does... Scream of like arrogance, oh, we're big Arsenal, you're a little West Ham. Oh, it'll come, don't worry, just keep playing. You know, I mean, we have, I don't think they're doing Amazon this year, but we know half Arteta's half time talk will be, oh, don't worry, lads, we're better than them, man for man. Just keep doing what you're doing, just keep passing it up and down the pitch. The goal will come. It's like, no, it won't. It didn't when you played for Arsenal. You say, you say about the tempo game. and everything, Nick, but at the beginning when we, we did re- look really, really good, there was that little flick on by Odegaard that went into Saka. And last yeah. season, he absolutely smashes that into that top yeah. corner. But for whatever, he, he gave like a little piddly wink type tap of the ball, which I've never, I, I couldn't believe it from him. And that's, that's, the, that's the thing is that you've got to restore that confidence back. <laughs> Because they got to be, you just got to be bulging the net from there. You, They're just that's, that's the weird problem. that Saka, Jesus, and Martinelli have all lost their confidence yeah. and goal, goal scoring touch at the same time. And you've got to think, how you got to see that coming a few, you know, weeks or a month in advance, Arteta, and either let him play in a slightly different position or even swap. Saka and Martinelli because they're capable to swap sides so instead of you know Martinelli always cutting in on his right and Saka always cutting in on his left they're, they're opposite aren't they so and they're more than capable just to do that because you know you know going back in the day Wenger used to let Perez and Lundberg swap if they wanted to if it, it wasn't havoc. working and that was a, and they were allowed to do that mid-game we, we could do this for three months in a row before we'd even do it because you know, and I like, don't know if anyone on the pitch is allowed to make changes, if Arteta 
is that much of a control freak, you know, where, do you see what I mean? I, I mean, have I always back to that thing. Have we got organizers and leaders on the pitch? Mm, I think we've got a few. But like John said last night, Saka is turning into Aaron Robin. You know what he's going to do every time. So yeah. we know that Martinelli and Saka... <laughs> without, do... without the end product, though, that's the thing. <laughs> well, that's, he did actually put that as well. Yeah. Um, and so if you swap them all over, it means rather than running down the right-hand side and cutting in on the left with Saka, yeah. he's going to run down the left-hand side and then go go wide rather than cutting yeah. in. He's going to go around and Martinelli will do the opposite. And that's what we need. But we spent an hour and seven minutes moaning. How about we, we have a little bit of that moment of glory when when Erdegaard went full matrix on the edge of their box, stopped, turned around and backheeled the ball into the box. I mean, that was, I mean, Craig, you're dribbling there. Did you like that? Yeah, I like that. that that's the, I think that was the Saka chance, wasn't it, that James was just talking about? Stunning. Um, it was stunning. Stunning piece of skill. Um, and like, agree with James there. I got up off out my seat. I was expecting that to be the, I was expecting that to be the equaliser. Um, or yeah, was it? Yeah, equaliser. No, no, I think it was yeah. before, weren't it? I think it was before was it? they scored. Was yeah, because it, it was when we were in that period of dominance. It was just well, I expected yeah. it to go in anyway. Yeah. Um, whether it was the equaliser or for one nil, but uh, look, we've got, we know we've got, we know we've got the players. We we know that we've got some very very good talented players, but like Nick said, find myself agreeing with Nick about changing it up. You know. Stop the same patterns all the time. Change it. Tell Martinelli and Saka that they can that they can cross over if they want to. Tell Odegaard and Jesus that they can pivot if they want to. You know, it's just change less predictable. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Do you remember back in the day, Craig? You're the only one that. It's like I said, maybe it, 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 last night stunk of West Ham knowing exactly what we were going to do. Um, remember a, a, blow, a manager called Joe Kinnear he used to be manager of Wimbledon yes. he had a, he had this thing and he used to talk about it he'd say all my players to go out there and I want all of you to have all the attacking players I want you to have shots shots from nowhere just have I want each of you I think it may have been each half I want each of you to do four just have a shot at goal from anywhere because the goalies aren't going to and then no, they were banging in goals all over the place sometimes I mean they were known for their their defensive but like you said at the beginning of the show tonight, Craig, that you said uh, that it was raining. Have a shot because it's greasy. The surface is greasy. Just have pot shots rather than doing the the ticky tacker. Get it mm -hmm. onto the edge of the box, going full venger. It's not working. Have some right, pot Danny, shots. Like you say, if someone had a shot like from distance, like yeah. and the goalkeeper spill it. If you want three players running in to try and put the ball in the net, if you have got Saka, Gabriel Jesus, and Martinelli. Are there three better in the league that you'd want running yeah, in on trot to get that? Want, exactly. Yeah, but it gets to the stage where they just sit there with their hands on the hips because they know no one's going to have a shot. So you just assume they've been told not to. One of our best chances come from that as well. I can't remember who it was that had the shot, but it did come back out, didn't it? And Odegaard, it, he just accidentally, his touch just ran into it and it ricocheted off it. But we nearly, he, he would have normally nine times out of ten tapped that in. But, I mean, Craig, you, you, you're the goalkeeper expert. Um they were going on about Ariola and he saves last night. I'll give him the Saka one from the header, but every other one straight. If he doesn't make those saves, he's terrible, right? Isn't he? They're oh, right straight there. at him, absolutely, yeah. absolutely straight. If you, it's like when we were talking about. I think me and Danny were talking about the Luton game. You know, David Raya there, that third one. I mean, that's that's bread and butter that's, through his legs. Our Premier League goalkeeper. No, it was one he didn't get down in time. Went straight uh, under his body, but our Premier League goalkeeper's not saving that. Massive questions. And for their second one, the cross. 
coming for that cross, the way he came for that cross. I mean, if I was his goalkeeping coach, I said the same thing to Danny. If I was his goalkeeping coach, I'd have crucified him afterwards. Uh, now, Danny, not- can I ask you about Raya? Because um, you could be, Craig might just remember this because he's a tiny bit younger than you. But remember, the only thing I can I remember, like in Arsenal history, a, a number one has been replaced for no apparent reason and no one wanted him replaced was when Seaman come in for Lukic. Now, when he came in, did, did we sell him straight away or was he like number two for a while and then we sold him? No, Leeds, um, Lukic from Leeds when Leeds got relegated. And then when Leeds got promoted, we bought Seaman from QPO and he went and Lukic went back to a newly promoted Leeds. So even that, but so, but no one was happy that you sold him, were they really? Because no, because back in the day, you didn't have two goalkeepers. You had a young goalkeeper and you had your first team goalkeeper and you expected your first team goalkeeper to play 60 games a season, Craig, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He didn't have a backup goalkeeper. We replaced a, a player where no one really thought we needed to replace him. But how long, if you remember, was Seaman? Did you get to think, yeah, we've done a good thing here? You know, Seaman, you know, long. obviously long, we didn't know he was going to be there for over a decade and be England number one and do what he did. But how long did it take for you to realise, yeah, we've done, a right, we've done a good job here? I think... I think with the Seaman, uh, Seaman and Raya thing, all due respect, you're, you're talking about two different styles of football. When when Seaman came in, you never see a goalkeeper take a short kick. You never saw a goalkeeper control the ball and pass it out. You never saw, you know, when Seaman, I think the, the when Seaman was playing for Arsenal, the, the law was still in where you could pass it back to the goalkeeper and he could mm. pick it up. It's, it's a different style of goalkeeping um, from then to now I mean like we were over in a tournament in Barcelona about four weeks ago and um, we were playing Atletico Madrid and their goalkeeper was like another centre half the way I I couldn't believe what I was watching every time they had the ball he was up with his centre halves get the ball he'd if his centre half got the ball he'd run off into the corner to, to, to be available to get the ball to you know to release it on again being a goalkeeper now has changed so much. You, you, you've got to be good with your feet. You've and concentration-wise, you have got to concentrate hundred percent for for ninety minutes. Is Raya? My question would be this: What did Ramsdale do so wrong for him to be dropped in the first place? Because I can't see anything except for his admission of not concentrating or, what, or the goal of it. We, we conceded an early goal. I forgot who it was. Was it Fulham? Fulham at yeah, home? There, there was the Southampton one where he played it straight into the press right near the, that was, that was the one um, when, where they were, they went like two up, didn't we? And we had to pull it back. That was just before Man City away. Yeah. And then was, there was another few that were early. That was, I think it was, there was three early goals in like quick, quick succession of games. Yeah. And I think, I, yeah. I still don't think, it was worthy of dropping him, to be honest with you. And and the other so, question see, is to me, I think he's better, but it's marginal. It's not like there's a ma- like you like you said that you, you, with Seaman, you, you soon figured out compared to Lukic that there was this massive gap there. I don't feel there's a massive gap no. between Raya and Ramsdale. I do think he's better, but I don't think it's it's a humongous humongous gap. Yeah, I I I don't think so either. I, I, um, I, I, that's what, what I'm saying. Is he better than? Is he much better than Aaron Ramsdale? No, he's not. 
I think what is he better at though? Because I keep hearing, oh, if you look at these stats and that stats, the only thing I look at is when I see him play, and when I like for the last couple of years, when I see Ramsdale there, I just feel confident that he's there. And I think the defense felt confident that he was there. Mm. And is it the fact that he's English as well that helps me? Probably, not gonna lie. That probably helps a little bit. You but know. he's northern, so we can't understand what he's saying. <laughs> oh, so am I. But, but yeah, but whereas I look at this guy, I look at that and I think... He's a lot more commanding than Ramsdale. Yeah. I'll give him that. Is he's he? a lot and, more He's a lot more commanding. And I, I, think, I think, is it Han Toomey's just put a great point there. He, he's better from playing at the back and spraying the long balls. If you, yeah. if you look at the Brentford um, league game, obviously... Um, Raya wasn't allowed to play on in that because he's on loan and Ramsdale did. And you remember when they were jeering him because he had those few shaky moments. That happened with Raya against Chelsea. But Raya still, for the rest of the game, kept playing the ball short, kept doing it like what Arteta would want. He st- even though he had such a, you know, he nearly gave one away to Palmer near the end, which would have won Chelsea that game. And we wouldn't have got that draw that we were, you know, happy to get at the time. But, Raya will carry on doing what Arteta wants for 90 minutes. When Ramsdale was in there, every other time since he was trying to play short and he was getting booed and jeered and everything, he just went long for the rest of the game. And you could see Arteta on the touchline going to him, Aaron, you know, short, short. And that's the difference is that Raya, regardless if it's not going well for him or not, he will do what Arteta wants him to do for that full 90 minutes. And I think Mm. that's what the difference is, is that he's just more obedient than him. Yeah. And he don't get sucked in. You know, I yeah. quite like the fact that Ramsdale makes a save and then turns around and gives two fingers to the fans <laughs> behind him. But that don't, Arteta doesn't. So it's much like Obama Young's cartwheels. We like yeah. it, but it's not really good. No, yeah, as well. Look at, look at Colo Torre. What, who was it he scored against and then did the backflip? Soon he's got back in the changing room, Arteta. Uh, not Arteta, sorry, Arsene Wenger. Don't you ever do that again. <laughs> uh, and lots of numbers says, Raya actually saved a penalty last night. Any rem- anyone remember when Ramsdale got close to saving a penalty? Craig? You yeah, like, on these sort of things? You can, Community Shield where we beat uh, Mad City. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and the thing is about a penalty, right? As a goalkeeper... If a player cannot score, if a player cannot kick a ball into that goal from 18 yards past the bloke, that's on him. Penalties as a goalkeeper, people can say, oh, the goalkeepers know from the, the from the angle that they're going to kick it and goalkeepers write it down on their bottles because they know what way is going to go, this, that, and the other. Penalties as a goalkeeper is a complete lottery. And if anyone tells you it's, it's otherwise... You say, when I was a goalkeeper, it's like, right, okay, I'm going left. And if he puts it to my right and I go left, I save it, I look great. If he puts it over the other side, I've gone the wrong way. Like, that penalty saved last night, one, it was a crap penalty, and two, we were 2-0 down. So, no pressure. Yeah, you know, penalty, I, I think that's a, it's probably a bad comparison to... Uh, to say, you know, oh, Ray saved the penalty. When, when was Ramsdale? You know, it's probably a bad, uh, it's a bad example. But yeah, look, I don't know. I just don't think Ramsdale done anything that would warrant him to be dropped and warrant him for a fella to come in and replace him. I mean, not even give uh, what Young Hines a go if Arteta was uh, if Arteta was that bothered. He brought someone else in. Um, so I don't know. Goalkeeping, 
is always going to be the sticky situation at any team. You're very, very lucky if you get a good goalkeeper. We, you know, when I first started watching Arsenal, it was John Lukic, it was David Seaman, um, and then we went on to people like uh, Lehman, who was my favourite ever Arsenal goalkeeper. And then after Lehman, it kind of went a bit tipped up, didn't it? Um, it Almunia. Yeah. Did you know that in the Invincible season it was David Seaman in goal all season? Did you know that? Okay, Robbie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> was it really? Yeah. Apparently. That's, did you see the video? No. No, Robbie was doing something, bless him. We know, no, I mean, Luton are in the Premier League now, so he's over You're the You're taking a piss. I'm sitting here now going, did he? No, yeah, he was no, doing he a video. Held, <laughs> one of his videos and he held up. Hold David Seaman, one of the Invincibles. How dare you critique the spokesperson for Arsenal Football Club, Danny? How he held you? up a little card with Seaman on it, and they were talking about players of his other teams. Went, this, don't forget this bloke here, Seaman. He was in goal. He didn't cons- didn't lose a single game in an Invincible season. And someone tweeted, and went, yeah, that's because he was playing for Man City. Because <laughs> I was sitting there going... David Seaman played all the games. I, I, I thought he was being And then you get Troy Deeney going on mastermind and not getting a single question right in one in his chosen category. Brilliant. And these people have got jobs on to getting well-paid jobs in the world of football. Absolutely. That is bad, though, isn't it? That you think we, we get layman in and we also change goalkeeping coach that year, and yet they don't lose a game, you know, they don't lose a game in the league. My my greatest and, memory of Jens Lehmann was when we were playing. Was it? I think it was Wigan at the Emirates, winning two-one. Seconds to go, and the ball went out, and he went over to get it. And as he was, <laughs> as he's bringing it back, he threw it against the advertising yeah, order. So it bounced yeah, back again. Right. Oh, sorry! <laughs> Didn't he do that like twice as well? Oh, absolutely. I used to look, mad Jens. What a goalkeeper! Yeah. Um, he was a great goalkeeper. Yeah. He was a. It was he crazy was though. You know, if you go on a one-on-one with him, he's going to take you down. Oh yeah, he's not going to be worried about a knee in the face or anything like that. Whereas yeah, most yeah. of the ones nowadays, that you'll get a note from their mum complaining if you tackled them, and they're like, "Oh, you've damaged my boy." Um, I mean, but we've done one hour twenty-one minutes, people. Uh, we've asked for questions. You've only been bothered to give one bloody question, so I'm going to give it to the birthday boy. This is from and lots of numbers. Why is Arteta so? Maybe if I highlighted it, it would help. Why is Arteta so attached to Eddie when he is clearly not good enough? Yes, he can score against Sheffield United, but can you see him scoring against City? If I knew the answer to that question, I'd be very rich. Um, I think as a panel here and everyone in the chat knows that Eddie Nketi is not... I don't, again, like I don't I want to... What Nick said, I don't want to bash the kid because in a different team perhaps in a different league, he becomes, you know, a, a very, very good player. But at the moment, Eddie Nketiah is not going to have any effect. I hope I'm, I hope now people, I hope I'm wrong, but I will say it now. Eddie Nketiah is not a player we can bring off the bench if we were serious about winning the league. It's, it's, it's just not happening. You get Going to the question, history that have um, been wonderful at youth level, but when they come up playing against grown men, exactly. grown ass men who are going to break you in half, they, yeah. they just can't do it. He looks yeah. lost. Going back to the question, why is he so attached to Eddie and Katia? Does he put? Does does he does he impress him in training? Does he train well? Does he finish well in training? 
you know, does he make it look easy in training when he gets on the pitch? Then he struggles. If that's the case, then you don't, you, you shouldn't be playing him. But I don't know. I can't answer the question. Um, has he got nudes? Arteta nudes? Or something I, I, like think, that? I think I think it's the same as what. Um... You know, there's that classic documentary, isn't there? The Vieira versus Keane one. And they asked Patrick Vieira, what was Arsene Wenger's greatest strength and greatest weakness? And he says loyalty for both. Yeah, well, there you uh, go. And I think, I think that, I think that's, um, I think that's, that's what Arteta's like. I think he's just, he's just blindly loyal to people that obviously when, when we needed him last year after the World Cup, when Jesus got injured, he did step up and he did do the job. But Nick, you, you summed it up perfectly earlier. When you're asking him to play on his own and be like a hold-up player and a link man like Jet, he's not that guy. He he is. They're not being it, funny, James. You said he he did his own. It was like January, February. He played so well that he got dropped, and we were playing Trossard yeah. up. So it was a false yeah. nine, and he got dropped again. Yeah, but I said, he did eventually. Yeah. Thing is, though, look, so if he really rated him, he could say, "Right, how can I get the best out of Eddie? He needs help." So, and Havertz can't play on his own up front. If he played both of them together, yes. maybe yeah. they would complement each other. I know you'd have to try and move the midfield about a bit, but that's that's the that's the whole thing as a manager. How can I get all my players to show all their strengths without exposing any of their weaknesses? The problem yeah. is there's so many players we get their weaknesses exposed yeah. and their confidence dip. I mean, we know Martinelli's confidence dip because he keeps getting kicked off the ball. So how can who can we put in midfield? to help him, to give him a, a few extra seconds on the ball without getting double dot and kick. The same as the Saka. You know, there's there's something not quite right. It's, it's very fine margins in it with football. Yeah. But, I mean, Mock, Mock Bell's come out tonight and he's one of the few journalists that I do actually trust and think he, can, he does have credible info. And he said that Palace, again, have made another approach for Eddie like they have the last two windows and it's been and it's been rebuffed. But you could see Eddie and Ketty are at Palace. You chuck in with that Mateta or that Edouard that used to be at Celtic because they'll play 4-4-2. Roy, Roy won't care if he's still... Even yeah, if Steve, even if Steve Cooper went there and as their manager, which is being rumoured, and he, they went for Eddie, you put him in there too with that Mateta and that Edward with Elise and Eze, he'll get he'll get ten to fifteen goals easy in a two, in a two for Palace. But yeah, playing on it, playing on his own for Arsenal, uh, and also asking him to link play as well. No way. It, it, it's sad because you want everybody to do well, but like I said earlier, you can't stay standing still. You've got to move on. I mean, as much as. Uh, like we said earlier, as much as we like Jesus and people go on about loyalty, he, he won Guardiola three titles on the spin, still went and bought Haaland instead and won a treble. So mm-hmm. you can't, you know, I know we can't obviously go and buy a Haaland, but we've got to find the equivalent or, you know, cheaper, a younger version. Yeah. That's what we've got to be doing. And like you said as well earlier, if you can't find with the scouting network that I believe Arsenal have, a striker that could do better than Eddie and Ketter, then yeah, I will panic. <laughs> right, currently we've had a tsunami of questions. This is our second one, Nick. Uh, from Avon, not Teddington, is Vieira going to make it at Arsenal? And I think he means the uh, the Portuguese, not the Senegalese. I, I doubt it. I wouldn't surprise me if we ever sell him in the summer or that'll be a loan with a view to sell. He just, he just doesn't look suited to the Premiership, does he? Unfortunately, I think he looks better in the you know slower like if he's in the Champions League and Europe, he looks better in those type of games because like I said, slower, slightly less physical, but a bit warmer. Just yeah, I'd probably get rid. I mean, it was worth a gamble, but but like I said, that's another player 
I mean, I know people say, I never heard of him b- before we signed him, you know, and that's what they got. But they've got to gamble. We, we still, we're still a club that needs to gamble on these types of players. Mm-hmm. I mean, we what's the worst on, thing? We got the, we um... spend about 35 for him. If we could sell him for 20, 25, or possibly, I don't know. Is he even worth that now? Yeah, there's all these questions about these players that we uh, that we went and got, then like Sambi Congo and all those other ones. Tavares, not worth it's a lot of money. That's the best part of 100 million spent on gambling on players. Oh, the tsunami has now continued. Uh, a question for you, um, James. Final question uh, from Formerly Knows uh, Zinchenko, play bench or sale? Um, I'm, I'm benching him at the weekend if I if I had my way. I would I would put Kivior in there, but yeah. he'll play, you know, he'll play so. Yeah, uh, it's one of those where, as much as we've talked about attacking players in the window, I still think, I mean, there was part of me that went, you might be able to get away with waiting for Tommy Asu or Timber to come back in February or March, whenever it is. I don't think you can now. He's costing us too many points in games. So I think you do need to buy. I mean, um, as much as this this kid at Ajax at 17 years old, and he looks generational as well. He looks like a brilliant player. Hato, whatever his name is, he looks like a brilliant player. But he's played 26 games for Ajax this season. I think 21 have been at centre-back and five have been at left-back. But that is, he's got to have stones of steel if you're going to bring him in as a 17-year-old into the Premier League uh, as a first-choice player. He's got to be some player. If that's what you're going to be doing, if you're going to, I mean, you don't even trust Kivior to play left back more than Zinchenko at the moment with the evidence that you've got in front of you. But you're going to trust a 17 year old player that's never played in the Prem to play left back instead of him. I mean, if we do it, then fair play. But it, he's going to, you know, I, if it happens because he's only got 18 months left on his deal, so I can see it being one that we can get. Um, I, I think it's a massive ask for this kid. And, uh, you know, how much patience a fan's going to have if he comes in and he's not red hot straight away. You know, it's going to be tough for him. Absolute baptism of fire, isn't it? Well, there you go. And they keep saying captain of Ajax. I think he was captain once. Like you go, oh, Ajax captain at seventeen. Yeah, yeah. I don't get that with Zinchenko because I mean, obviously he's doing what Arteta tells him to do. But twice yesterday, I was like, well, you're playing where Royce should be playing. So for starters, you're in his way. And there was twice where he played basically a suicide back pass. And Saliba, thank God, he was switched on. And he managed to twice just get it, you know, and control it and get rid of it. And I'm like, you know, the only, you know, the three scenarios there was Saliba's brilliant and saves us twice, which he did, or Saliba comes running in, gets injured because he's, you know, trying to get the play, or the blokes away and gets a one one shot with the goalkeeper. And I just, I don't, I mean, I don't understand an inverted left back. I don't know what it means. I. You have play another one like said. I know he was injured a lot, but why did we replace Tierney with him? There he didn't go, do nothing to get dropped apart from being a little bit injury prone, did he? Great player, proper defender. Watching playing, I'm watching playing at social dad. It's not great. No, that's when he's fit. Right, people. Um, just before we've done one hour, one, one hour, 30 minutes and eight, nine seconds. That's nine seconds too many. It's Craig's birthday and he spent the evening with us rather than with his family. Uh, and he's not even, you're not even drunk yet, Craig. What's going on? No, 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 no. I've, I've, I've passed all that now, mate. I've got to go yeah. work in the morning. 
I'm thinking oh. about going to bed, not, not <laughs> while well, I'm going to have a drink. <laughs> I didn't wake up till quarter past 6pm. Anyway, um, that's it. That's our show. Uh, thank you very much to everybody who joined in the show in the chat box. Those at home walking the dog, having a poo, doing the washing up, or even loading the washing machine, if you're uh, if you're that way inclined. It reminds me, I've got washing that needs to. So, going top right to bottom left. Thank you very much, Nick. You have been, um, well, once you get going, Nick, it's hard to shut you up, really. I mean, you've got a face like a, you've just been slapped with a haddock, but you've been coming out with some good points tonight. Well done. It happens. That's my that's one of the year. But when are you just wish everyone so hope had a nice Christmas, you know, have a you know, Merry New Year and all that. You remember bastard. we're halfway through the season, we're only two points off top. We're competitive. And whether we we can all sit there and complain about one dodgy goal with VR this and VR that, we're up there competing, and that's basically all we've we all wanted for the last what, ten years? So oh, cheer up, you grumpy twats. When are you next back <laughs> back on Twitch and what, what rubbish game will you be playing? Uh, the weekend, and I'm playing uh, Mario something. There you go, fuck yourself. Craig, thank you very much for joining us. Two shows in a row. Um, Pleasure as always, sir. Gone? Pleasure as always. Pleasure yep. as always. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Very enjoyable. Um, and no great technical chat. gremlins. And no technical gremlins, yeah. What did I say to you? A brand new yeah. camera there that won't work. And this mm. webcam, I'm not exaggerating, I've probably had it 20 years. Yes, so it's good. It's uh, yeah. Thank you very much for um, spending your time with us on your birthday. It's been very no kind problem, of you, uh, James, the uh, the Arsenal Wookie, as you will have to change your user Twitter name. To, oh, God's sake, uh, yeah, been on again. That's two. You've been on two times in three shows now. It's very good. Have you enjoyed yourself? Have you had a lovely time? Oh, always, especially <laughs> with such great company. It's been great. Thank you. I'm sorry you didn't win the speedboat, but it's been lovely smashing, smashing, lovely. <laughs> right, people, good. we will be back um, uh, next year. Other than that, I can't tell you. We will be a little bit more organised because uh, I've poked people and moved people and uh, um, sent people to the glue factory. So, uh, yeah, that's it. Thank you very much for watching. If you have liked it, feel free to give it a thumbs up. And if you work for a multinational company with hundreds of thousands of employees, get the link to this podcast, stick it in a CC and add everybody in the company database to it and then get them all to subscribe. Because we've been stuck on 7,000 YouTube subscribers for literally four years. And I hate people when they use the word literally unless they literally mean literally. And I literally do mean literally. And so thank you very much. And we will see you later. And here is the wonderful Steve, who he's... uh, uh, who's no longer with us, and Dave, who passed away Christmas Day four years ago, Dave Gunaholic. Um, not a week goes by where I don't think about Dave or Steve. And uh, well, it's a hair in my mouth. And there's uh, a lot of people have, uh, aren't with us this Christmas who were with us last Christmas. I've had a couple of people like that, and it is a hard time. And so, if you are feeling a little bit sad, don't message me because I, I, I'll be no good for you. But there are plenty of people out there you can talk to. And there's a lot of people out there that, that could do be nice to each other on Twitter. Um, in fact, what a better way to end the show than get Craig to uh, do his usual ending to a show because it's a wholesome ending. So, Craig, you end the show the way you do, and then I will click the outro. Go on. Thank you very much, everyone, for your support. Uh, thank you very much for everyone in the chat. Remember, I've forgotten, what I was, I've forgotten it now. Danny put too much pressure on me. Uh, because I can't remember it. <laughs> Isn't it be kind to each other or something? No, what is it? Oh, well, well that's a complete, utter, an utter tit up there, isn't it? Um, be kind to your, be kind to it. No, that's not it either. Come on, have another go. <laughs> He's having a think. 
He'll get it. It's there. He's almost got it. No, he's gone. No, he's, he's lost gone. it. He's gone. He's basically, gone. basically, uh, fucked. Danny, yeah. switch this shit off. <laughs> right, people. Thank you very much, and goodbye. As soon as I scored that goal, I was fucking livid. Get down, dog. Splendid business. He nearly caught the bloody thing. What are you talking about? <laughs> so I've just eaten a full quiche. Well, you don't often see him at him. So when you see him in the supermarket, they need to be swagged, microwaved immediately, and get the brown sauce on and bosh, Bob's your uncle. Never in doubt. <laughs>